Hi, I'm Hilary Hess. You're listening to A Helping of Happiness. This podcast is for busy moms like me who have a full life and are constantly finding themselves in a balancing act. I definitely do not have it all together, but I hope that sharing the things that I have learned as a mom of seven kids and the things that you will hear from the guests that I have on will be things that will really inspire and help us all to be a little bit better and have give us all some fresh ideas and have a little bit of fun while we're at it. Hey, welcome to Helping of Happiness, episode number 76. So happy to have you with us today. We have a great guest today. We have Lonnie Wilkinson, and she's going to be talking with us about postpartum depression and her journey and her struggle with that and how she got help and how to recognize the signs in moms around you or maybe yourself. And But before we get started with that, I just wanted to remind you guys, we are Amazon affiliates. And if you're interested in supporting us in that, uh, if you are planning on purchasing anything at amazon.com, all you have to do is jump over and just go through our link and we get a little kickback from Amazon, not from anything from your purchase, but just a little kickback as a thank you for providing the route from you to Amazon. So that would be really helpful and wonderful to help support us in our podcasting efforts. A little quick thing about Lonnie. She was on with us before, so she's actually a returning guest. She was with us way, way, way back on episode number four when she talked to us about grief and how she got through the grief of her mother's passing through using creativity and all kinds of different... She, she used art, different things like that to help her through the grieving process. So if you're interested in that, just our po- podcast archives are over on our website, helpingofhappiness.com. You can find it there. If you haven't already, we'd love a rating and review and subscribe if you're enjoying this podcast and share with your friends. So well, let's go ahead and hear Lonnie. Hi, it's great to be back. I am so glad that you're here. And just an, a little extra special for me is for our audience to know is that you are my cousin and I just love you. And I just learned so much from you. So I'm so glad that you are willing to come back on a second time. Of course. I love it. So Lonnie, let's just kind of, since it's been a while, since I, I think it was like episode three or four, maybe two, it was like one of the really, really first ones. I'll link up to it in the show notes, but tell us about your family and stuff. Just kind of refresh our audience. You bet. So I am a mom of four boys. So we have a lot of boy stuff at our house. Um, and I am from a family of four kids. So I'm the second oldest. And, um, in the original cast, it was a couple, well, so my mom passed away, uh, back in 2016. So it's been almost three years. It's been over three years now. And, uh, so a lot of what I've been dealing with has been since that and, uh, trying to cope with that. But, um, yeah, it's, that's pretty much my family. I, uh, love creating stuff. Um, since my mom passed away, I kind of delved myself more into the arts than I did before. I had a photography business before she passed away and had really worked on building that. But when she passed away, I turned more to my creative side and turned back to that as a way of healing. 
And so a lot of what I've done has been trying to now balance like all the creative outlets that I enjoy and uh, using it to kind of bring out the best in myself. And balancing it with all those duties in your life, right? <laughs> all the things yes. that we have to do that we don't always want to do, right? Yeah, yes. and there's so much, that's a lot of what we talked about, kind of the meat of our conversation on the last podcast was your art and creativity. So definitely, I want our audience to go back and listen to that because I loved your takes on just how much that just gave you so much peace and joy to your soul when you were going through such a hard time, like losing parents. Yes. Okay, so today I want to talk a little bit about postpartum depression. So I've, I've been having you on my mind to do this ever since our last podcast that we did. And what made it come back to the forefront of my mind again is that my sister just had a baby three weeks ago. And we've been talking a lot about baby blues and overwhelm and depression. And I just want to, I know that you had a lot of experience with this. So I thought this could be beneficial for our audience, whether we have new moms listening, potential moms, or even people that are close to new moms that maybe might, might need to be helpful or mindful. So will you just tell me, like, did it, did you have it with each one of your kids or did it like, what did it look like and feel like for you? Just give us a little slice of what that was, what was that like? You bet. So I didn't feel like I had postpartum with every kid. Um, definitely like my first child, I felt like it was more trying to just adapt to a new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't even have called it postpartum. It was just a change in lifestyle that I was trying to cope with. Yeah. And that reality shift of being someone who's bringing in an actual income to someone who was at home taking care of a child. And that switch was hard for me, but I didn't feel, <laughs> yeah, it was different. It was, it was a shift, but it definitely wasn't how I ended up feeling with my last one. I felt like I definitely dealt with more of the postpartum feelings where I was much more moody and my patience was so much more thin, especially with my kids and my husband. Like <laughs> there were things where I just, I was so much more short tempered and I was just overwhelmed with life so much more. I don't feel like I really experienced that it, that much with my second or third, but I also, I'm not sure if there's a reason necessarily why. And yeah. I think that's how it is for everybody. Yeah. There's the chemical changes can be different with each one. Yeah. There's not necessarily a reason why it happens. It just, sometimes it hits you harder than other times. For me, it wasn't even like right after childbirth that like I kept being like, all right, I'm aware of this. Like I, people have talked about this all the time. I'm, you know, going to pay attention to it and so what did this feel like for you? So was it just overwhelm? I know some people talk about it feeling really dark. What, what did it feel like for you? How did you know that this time it was different and what it was? Well, for me, so I did feel very overwhelmed. Um, I also felt like I just wasn't doing anything right. Like everything I did was just wrong. Like no matter what it was, I was messing up. Um, I also felt like my patience was super thin. And actually for me, what ended up happening is while I was 
trying to just figure stuff out. I kept telling my husband, I just, I don't feel right. Like, I feel like something is off with me and I don't know what. And so I feel like that, that communication that was open there was vital for me. Yeah. We have times in our life when we feel super overwhelmed or we don't feel, yeah. So that, that extra little added point of you, you're saying, when you say you just didn't feel quite right, that is what was kind of the, the red flag for you. Yeah. Well, and my husband was also able to talk to me and be like, you know, you're usually more patient with our kids. Like that, you, that sort of thing doesn't usually set you off. And yes, then I would get frustrated with him. And you're mad. You're like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm always this impatient. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But then I would take a step back and like see it and be like, oh, he's right. And then also what happened was one of my, a friend's friend ended up committing suicide from postpartum. And it was, she just, she was so overwhelmed and ended up taking her own life. And I feel like that event made it so that it opened up the discussion even more between my husband and myself. And I was more receptive of it. Mm-hmm. I did just tell him that like, I, I'm not myself, I'm not myself. And then when he kind of expressed that I might be dealing with postpartum, it really opened my eyes to, oh, there's something more than yeah. it just like part of a life cycle yeah. thing that yeah. I'm going through. I personally did not end up using medication to help counter it, but that is sometimes needed. Mm-hmm. And I, I was right on that edge where I was like, okay, if, if I feel like anything more happens, I need to turn to medication because it's right there where I was starting to be concerned if I would do something to harm my children mm-hmm. or to harm myself. And so because it was right on that edge, I, I was ready to be able to get medication at that point because I did not want to end up harming anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I did harm myself, that that would still in turn harm others. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was right there where I felt like I was right on the brink and it was hard. So, and you were also saying that this wasn't something that happened right after your babies were born, right? This, I mean, or your baby, I should say, cause you said it didn't happen quite so much with the other three. When in the, when in the, I guess the age of the baby, like how far postpartum was this becoming an issue for you? For me, I felt like it was after all of the help was gone. Mm-hmm. It was once, um, because when he was actually born, my mom was actually living with us at the time and she was in between finding jobs and stuff and trying to figure out where she was going to settle. And so she was living with us and, um, I had a ton of help from her and then my husband had his paternity leave. So I had help from him, but then once all of that kind of dissipated, it was like the reality of life started hitting me and my mom moved away and she was pretty far away at that point. She was like three hours away and it was just became so hard for me to feel like I had any control and just felt like everything was all of a sudden just chaotic all the time. And I just couldn't do things right. Um, and 
yeah, that's, that's kind of when I started to really sink further and further down and it did, it did just kind of spiral down and it, but it was so gradual was the other thing. Yeah. It, I don't feel like it is like postpartum. I don't think it all of a sudden just one day is all of a sudden you're really sad. You're really, you know, anxious or really overwhelmed all of a sudden one day it's one day at a time there's one more thing that happens and then one more thing and it just keeps piling on and that weight just like starts overwhelming you it's kind of a slippery slope right it's like it's just you just kind of just start sliding sliding that way so have you ever been prone to depression before pregnancy or was this just kind of related to the pregnancy? Cause I think for our audience to see, like you are just such a happy person. It's, it's so hard to see you in that kind of a space. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that's kind of the seat, like why it's kind of a secret trial sometimes. Yes. Is I think that even happy people can have depression, right? Yes. Oh, definitely. I think sometimes the people that appear the happiest, actually, from what I have, what I have seen from people that I know and what I've experienced, sometimes the people that feel the happiest also feel the darkest depression. (laughs) Like they kind of go the, the bipolar of the two where they kind of feel those extremes. And for me, like throughout my life, like I would kind of sink down into a depression, but it wasn't where I would get so angry. And like, I feel like that was where the postpartum was very different from the depression that I had felt before, where I didn't feel like before I had ever gotten so angry. Like I, I felt anger like none other during that, that period of my life with the, the postpartum. Um, and other times when I have kind of gone down into a depression, I felt like I was able to just pull myself back out either by, you know, going and doing service for others or finding like things that I was grateful for, starting like a gratitude journal or, you know, things like that. I felt like I was able to really like just pull myself out pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. And for me, like with the postpartum, it was like everything I tried to do that had worked before to get out of kind of that darker spot was not working. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that was probably one of your big red flags right there is that this is like a normal, I'm just having a hard time and I need to kind of try to pull myself out of this. Yeah. There's something like chemically going on in my body. That's not right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like I, I was saying before that I did not end up going to, towards medication, but I was right there. And um, for me, I feel like the biggest thing that can be done with postpartum is talking about it before it even happens and talking about it when you're in it. Like it's, it's scary and a lot of it is it's hard to admit when you're in it, mm-hmm. when you're like, yes, I am being more angry. I am overwhelmed. It's hard to admit that as people. No one wants to be called out that they're doing things. Yeah. Even if they're telling themselves that they're doing things wrong, they don't want anyone else to say it. Exactly. And 
yeah, it just, it adds one more thing that you feel like you're failing at. And I feel like a lot of us, we are able to focus on those failures a lot more than the successes. And as a mom with a new baby, like there are a lot of things that you feel like you could be doing wrong. And there's always somebody that's saying, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing that. You should do it this way. And you'll find that everywhere as a parent. And I think a big thing that we need to be better about in society is working on allowing people to do things how they're going to do them, but still being willing to accept the advice and uh, constructive criticism without taking it personally. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a hard, it's a hard balance for us in our society. It's hard for us to welcome that criticism, but not take it personally. and Put aside that pride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And use it to uplift and be like, all right, I've got, you know, I take your advice under consideration and I'm going to keep doing what I feel is right. <laughs> so yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Because we all have opinions about how things should be done, don't we? Yes, definitely. So what were the things that you did do that really helped you, that pulled you out? Because you didn't do medication, but this doesn't like just disappear. So it doesn't. (laughs) Right. Well, and I feel like even as a mom, you know, right now, I feel like I still have those days where I still struggle. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the biggest thing that, um, I'm able to do right now is allow myself to feel those emotions without that, like telling myself that it's bad to be feeling that it's not bad to be feeling overwhelmed. It's not bad to feel, you know, anxious. It's okay to feel those feelings, but it's not okay to let them take over my life. And I feel like, um, the way that I was able to really pull myself out of it was by really opening communication with others and communicating with my husband. I can't do this. Like I need help on this or, and I would say specific things. I, I was feeling overwhelmed with dishes and I was like, I can't get dishes done. I don't know why I cannot get dishes done, but that is something I need. (laughs) And that was one of your triggers right there was just for ending. It's like this. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when it came to the anger and the short temperedness, I got better, like I've gotten better at recognizing when I'm getting triggered with that Uh and learning how to be like, you know what? I need my kids to all go to their rooms right now. I need me to go to my room and we'll all take a little bit of a break and come back in a little bit and be happier together (laughs) and talk about when we're not so emotionally involved in it. And for me, that has been vital too. And communicating with my tween, like being able to talk to him with less emotion. Yeah. He is so much more receptive to what I'm saying when I take my emotion and put it to the side for a little bit and be like, all right, I mean, I just talk to you as logically as I can (laughs) and I'll turn back to my emotions in a little bit. But, and that's hard. It's hard to try and like separate those two. 
So definitely. So you're saying, so for the first thing is kind of like make a list of the things that are really just pushing you over the edge. Maybe finding like some kind of a list of things that you can delegate to somebody else just so that you can kind of catch your breath. Yes. Like with the dishes or, (laughs) I mean, it's not like you're turning over the whole house. I mean, I guess you really at that point where you're going to make or break it. Yeah. It is totally something like that. Right. Higher out. Yeah. and then your next suggestion would be to take a time out just as yeah. you feel that. So for you, when you're starting to feel that anger, do you like, how does that, like, I have this friend who taught me all about anger management and she, cause I was really struggling with just, I think it was right after I had a baby too. <laughs> I was going through, it seems like it was more like when he was like that six month age. So he's not yeah. tiny, teeny, teeny, but you're still so much care for them. And then it's just so much when you're dealing with all the other kids, you're kind of expected to be back at full strength at that point. That seems yep. like when I always kind of get the big overwhelm. It, or when I expect myself to be at full strength, I guess. Maybe yes. necessarily everybody else but that's when I think I should have it together. But she taught me about how physically she could feel anger coming on. Cause I told her, I'm like, I feel like it just flips like a switch. Like it's just happening to me. And she's like, well, just take note of it. And you know, you'll feel like your body getting hot or you'll feel your head, you know, get achy or your heart or your stomach. And it, it was like, wow, I actually am having physical sensations <laughs> that I didn't notice coming before the full blown, like, freak out. Yeah. (laughs) You know, do you, have you noticed any of those kinds of things when you're starting to kind of feel it rise, like the temperatures going up? You know, I never could see it in myself, but I could tell with how my kids were reacting to me that needed to take a break because I could tell that that I was scaring them. And that's when I knew that I was angry. Like I could see it in their eyes that they were scared. And so I was like, you know what? We all need a break because I can see that I am at a point where I am scaring you just by the way I'm talking. Like not even like, I'm not even doing anything, but the way that my voice sounds is scary to you because it doesn't usually sound that way. Yeah. And so shift. Yeah. Yeah. They, the way that I saw it in them is where, and maybe that's, that is how I could tell with myself is my voice changed. It changed from a nice voice to a not nice voice. And there's a definite shift. Yeah. There's something about that taking cues from the people around you that, you know, that you're shifting into that. Yeah. And the other thing is, is I, I think that moms need to be reminded that it's okay to ask for somebody to help with your baby and just say, you know, I need a break and it's just better for all of us mm-hmm. if I'm not right with my baby right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes that's also almost looked down on in our yeah. society where they're like, well, but this is a newborn baby. You should want to hold this baby all the time. And I didn't like, I, other people wanted to hold my baby. I was like, yes, go ahead. <laughs> Take it. Well, that's uh, kind of the blessing of a newborn at least, right? Is that they're yeah. like lined up at the door that want to hold your baby. So just go call one of those friends that says, oh, anytime you want me to hold your baby, like really call them. That's kind yes. of the thing, right? And the people like that want to, they want that phone call. Yeah. They're not just saying that like, and I think that's where we also have a hard time where our pride will get in the way where mm-hmm. we're we're just like, 
oh, no, they're just saying that to be nice. No, most people, they really do want to be there to help you. And it's okay to reach out. Um, there were times where I would send our kids to my in-laws because I just needed that yeah. break from them break. just for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and my mother-in-law was great about taking them. And a lot of times we'd still keep the baby at home, but mm-hmm. I had my husband then who could take the baby. And yeah. so instead of having four kids around, it was one and I had a helper. And so it wasn't just me taking yeah. that responsibility of the whole world. It was, yeah. okay, I can breathe. Like we've got this. Kids, it is overwhelming to handle so many bodies. <laughs> it is. It's a lot. It is. And I, there was some like talk I went to or something where they talked about how we each have a box of happiness. And a lot of times as, uh, people who tend to be empathetic of others, we tend to take the box of happiness of other people and we add it to our own. And so then all of a sudden we're, instead of just holding our box of happiness, we're holding like 500 boxes of happiness and we feel like we're responsible for all of those. And instead of holding on to all of those boxes, we need to allow other people to be responsible for their happiness and be okay with that and be like, you know what? My baby is maybe crying right now. And yes, I'm the one who can feed it or change its diaper or anything like that. But in time, our baby learns to be able to hold their own box of happiness. And at some point as a parent, we have to allow that box to be kind of taken off of our hands or out of our hands and let into our child's hands. And that's a hard shift, I think, as a parent to be able to allow them to hold their own and (laughs) take it that way. But I feel like that that a lot of times that's where we get so overwhelmed and we're taking on, we we feel like we're responsible for that happiness of so many others rather than just being like, you know what, I, I've got my own right now and I can handle that. And it's okay to let other people maybe help lift up the other boxes of happiness, but not like take it all to ourselves and feel that responsibility just solely for ourselves. Yeah, I like that because we want to make everybody happy around us, right? Yes. Especially our kids. We want to make our husbands happy and we want to make our kids happy. And if they're unhappy, then we just start feeling everybody's feelings. And that's not a healthy way to live. (laughs) It's not. It's not. It's very overwhelming. So what are, do you have any big warning signs that you would tell moms to look for that are going through postpartum? Uh, I feel like the biggest one to be aware of is are the thoughts of harming yourself or your baby. I feel like those are the biggest red flags that you need to be watching out for. Um, a lot of the other ones, they can just kind of go and they kind of overlap with depression in general, but it's as soon as you start feeling like harming yourself or your baby where, or that anger is just getting so high that you know, you're damaging things like either hitting a wall or throwing things. Like to me at that point, 
that's when you really need to step back and be like, either I need to meet with a therapist or a doctor and get prescription. Like one of those two options I feel like is the best route you can go at that point to be able to figure out how to uh, learn how to re-regulate yourself. Mm -hmm. And it is the, there is a chemical change that happens in your body and learning how to refigure out your body. I feel like that's what you need to do at that point. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not your fault when you have a chemical no. change in your body. It's nothing you can control. It's, it's, it's not. like a sickness, just like having strep throat. It's just something yes. that you need to go and have a doctor or therapist, like you said, help you out. So I think that's really wise advice. Is there um, any advice that you have for new mamas that are wondering if they have this condition? The best thing as a new mom you can do is if you have a partner or a spouse that you are raising your child with, to me, that is the first person that you, you should be communicating with and express that concern to uh, so that they're aware and they can also then help take note of any symptoms that they see because I feel like they're the one who's most likely to see anything that other people might not see. Is there anything else on your heart that you wanted to share with us, Lonnie, before we go on to our getting to know you a little bit better? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is that I just want to make sure that everyone knows that there's always someone that you can reach out to and make sure that you know for who that person is for you, whether it is your spouse, significant other, a parent, best friend, whoever is in your life that you have that you can reach out to when you need help, make sure that you know who that is and be willing to talk to them and open up your heart and be able to say things that might be hard for you to say. And taking that risk is worth it. And it's worth it not only for you, but it also helps that person be able to know you on a deeper level. And so really it helps them just as much as it helps you. So just remember that we're all in this together and it's okay to reach out to someone. I do love how you talked about that though, because I do, I feel like even when you were sharing with me that you were dealing with postpartum depression, I just felt even that much more connected to you because I felt like you were willing, you know, if you're willing to share that, that just kind of bonds you a little bit closer. So I think that's such a good way to look at it. So it doesn't make you feel like you're just dumping on somebody or that you're, you just can't handle something. Right. Right. No, I love that. That's so good. Okay, so let's tell our audience where we can find you and all your artistic wonderfulness. Okay, so I have a few different places. I am on Instagram and my... Uh, your handle there. Handle, yeah. <laughs> the handle for that <laughs> is at LW for the number four photos, P-H-O-T-O-S. And I post on there little pieces of art that I'm working on at that point or photos that I've recently taken. A lot of that is just like, that is my creative outlet on there. Um, On Facebook, I also have uh, my photography specific site that is Lil Wilkie Photography. And then I have my art site that is just Lonnie Wilkinson. And that way, like I've kind of been able to separate a little bit better where people are interested in just the photography 
they can check that out all on its own versus the art that I post. It's like the jack of all trades. Which Lonnie do we want to follow? <laughs> all of them. All of them. <laughs> oh, and I'll have all those links in the show notes so that our audience can can find you there. So, because you have so okay. many really, really fun things. And with this holiday season coming on, we want to be able to see if there's any fun things we want to grab for our families. Like some of your artwork would be super cute in kids yeah. rooms or like in family rooms, I feel like would be really fun. Or you have really cute ornaments and stuff that would be I neat. do a lot of ornaments and I do sell all that on Etsy as well. So that's okay. on see that you can peruse the shop that I have on there and the shop that I have on there, I have it called uh, make wishes. Well, we'll get, we'll make sure that's linked up too. Okay, awesome. great. And then also before you go, we're going to ask you, this wasn't even part of the podcast last time you were on because it was such a new podcast and this is kind of a newer segment, but we have our three helpful and happy questions to ask you. And this just ties us into the rest of our website that offers, that has our podcast archives in it, of course, but it also offers our recipes, our travel and our homemaking hacks. So first question is what is your favorite meal? My favorite meal <laughs> It's dessert. <laughs> I like any dessert. Uh, <laughs> um, if we're talking like an actual meal, not just like dessert. I think we could um, go for dessert or meal. I think <laughs> dessert for dinner sounds wonderful for me. Especially last I, night when our AC went out, I almost declared that it was ice cream for dinner. <laughs> so yes. hot. Oh my God. Yes. On the warm days, I'm like, can I just have ice cream like every meal? Can I do that? I know. Um, no, I'm really. A, I'm a, I, oh, right? <laughs> I have a friend here in Texas that at least once a summer, they do ice cream sundaes for dinner because it's so oh, hot awesome. here. Yeah, it's so fun. I need to start doing that. I think my kids That would be me. so fun. Yeah. Um, for an actual like meal, I really like barbecue chicken pizza. Mmm, yum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can eat together. This is good. Okay. <laughs> the best trip you've ever gone on or your dream vacation? Um, well, those are two different questions. The best vacation I ever went on was last year with my family, with you and all of my cousins and my, uh, our grandmother. She was amazing. And paid for all of us to go on a Disney cruise and there were like 70 of us amazing like to be on a cruise with 70 family members and be able to see them all around the ship and it just was and on the castaway most, Key like, and the dolphins yes. it was just it the coolest was, I'm with it you was so magical and I felt like that trip really brought together our family yeah like more than I could have imagined Mm -hmm. And we didn't necessarily spend a ton of time together. Like it wasn't like but we had we meetups, were, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we had meals together and we're able to like kind of be near each other and just being able to do that. It was amazing what I feel like it did for our extended family. Yeah. And to me, it was, it was magical. It was magical. It was grandmother. She does all the good things. That was so wonderful. No, I loved, I loved being able to follow you guys around with the characters because my kids were little and your kids were little and you like <laughs> took the best pictures and videos of everybody together. It was like, I had my own personal <laughs> photographer with me on the trip because I was so, I don't 
don't know why I'm usually really good at taking pictures, but I did not take a lot of pictures on that trip. So, I mean, I did do some, but, and it's funny because I actually have a lot of posts about the Disney cruise for in our travel section on our blog. And a lot of the pictures are ones that you took that are on those <laughs> posts. So thank you from all of us for that. Oh, so no, that was really, was a really cool one. So do you have another dream vacation or is that kind of the... Well, my dream vacation is going with my husband to New Zealand and checking oh. out all Lord of the Rings, yes, like locations. Even though I know that everything is like biodegradable, you know, it was all built biodegradable and everything. But I would love to go visit like Hobbiton and yes. like all of that. Like to me, that would just be amazing. And, and we uh, are coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So we're crashing your vacation. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I love it. So our grandparents, they actually served a mission in New Zealand. And when they finished that, they had their kids come out and go on a trip to New Zealand with them as they finished. And that trip, my mom made like a slideshow of, and apparently I had asked her to do a recording of it and like explain what was going on in the slideshow. Well, recently in the last like four months, I found that recording on just like a little cassette tape. And that's one of the few places I actually still have my mom's voice recorded. Oh my! And so gosh. hearing like her describe her experience in New Zealand was just, it was amazing to me to be able to like actually hear her voice again and be able to have that kind of experience through her. And so cool. So for me, that's it's made it even more so where I'm like, I really want to go there now. (laughs) And we'll listen to the recording on the plane on our way up there so we can get all revved up. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe you. I don't have to crash your vacation, but I really want to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. I was feeling green with envy when my mom was on that trip with your mom and everybody. That looked really, really cool. Oh, that's a great one. Okay. And our last one, do you have any homemaking hacks for us? This one always Um, gets people a little bit stumped, but seems like we always eke something out. I don't know. Like, honestly, I have never felt like I am the greatest homemaker. I'm not an organized person. Like that is not a skill I have, but (laughs) that being said, I do feel like I am able to um, make it so that my kids enjoy being at our home. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think my homemaking hack is having fun things for my kids to do. And sometimes it's pulling out little perler beads or like just even playing card games with them and just having all of that stuff easily accessible for me. Mm-hmm. is my my hack of how to actually keep sane and um encouraging them to do more than just playing on their tablets although they do that quite a bit <laughs> to keep me sane um but yeah for me it's making sure that 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 fun stuff is easily accessible and saying yes whenever you can for them to get in that creativity. I mean, I just see they help you so much. I mean, well, I don't know if it's helping you, but they're creating side by side with you is what I should say. I don't know if they're really helping with you with your creations, but no, but that you invite them to do a lot of the creative work that you're doing. And I think that 
setting that example and then letting them try it is just building their artistic qualities and their creativity and that is such a good example to me just seeing your little boys do all these these little things is just so cool so i really admire that about you and that's totally a homemaking hack i think for you perfect all right lonnie well I guess I'd be better let you get on with your evening, but thank you so much for being on with us today. It's always a blast for me to be able to chat with you. And I just really appreciate you being so honest and upfront about everything that's happened with you because it's not easy to let your things that are close to your heart show like that. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for being with us today. All these links will be in the show notes. It's where you can find Lonnie. It links up to all our posts for the Disney Cruise and our past podcasts with Lonnie as well. And we also have some show notes that detail what we talked about a little bit if you want to go back and reference those. So go ahead and click through on your favorite podcasting app and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any more of these episodes. Have a fantastic day.